What up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my parents' kitchen on this Tuesday, October twentieth, two thousand and twenty. It's currently ten p.m., so I can't give you no. It's looking good outside, or it's hot, or it's cold. It's just pitch black outside. So I'm gonna try not to be loud during this episode. It's episode twenty-two of Joshua's Proximity. So if I start to whisper, it's because I don't want to wake my mother and my dogs up. But you still want to get a good episode out of me, good content, good whatever you're looking for. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So I know I've been talking to you guys two weeks ago. I didn't do a podcast last week because I'm trying to get some stuff up so that I can create video content. But I currently just changed my logo on Apple Podcasts. So if you see a headphone with a microphone that says Joshua's Proximity, it's still me. Okay, I know that you might be looking for the picture of me. But that's no longer up there. It's, that is still me. And I'm just trying to prepare myself to take this this podcast to the next level. And, uh, man, I'm blessed, man. I can't complain. But that was just a little side note. Sorry to get <laughs> sidetracked so easily. But let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, man. So there's been recent reports that Dallas Cowboys players said that they felt that they weren't prepared heading into last night's game against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, if you turn around, Mike McCarthy said that he felt that they were the most prepared that they've been all season. Now, this is coming from the head coach. So I'm starting to wonder, is it really the coaching situation in Dallas, man? How much responsibility is being put on the players at this point? Demarcus Lawrence, one and a half sacks in the last 18 games. He's getting paid $20 million a year. Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, every time you turn on Sunday, on a Sunday game, he's coughing up the rock. He had two last night, put him in a hole down 21 nothing, man. Like, what are we talking about? Now, there's only so much preparation that a coach can do, man. At the end of the day, you just got to line up and play football, man. A coach can put you in position to succeed, but it's going to, I mean, when, is, when are they going to grab their nuts and they're going to make a play, man? Their defense isn't getting any takeaways. Demarcus Lawrence, again, man, I, I got to go back on him. One and a half sacks in the last 18 games. He's getting paid $20 million. I don't understand what's going on over there, bro. At this point, it's not the coaches, man. You can say what you want about Mike McCarthy. You can say what you want about Jason Garrett, Wade Phillips, whoever it is, bro. I mean, how much blame is being put on the players at this point, man? Amari Cooper, every time I see him, he's subbing himself out of the game. God, dog. Now, granted, yeah, they are struggling on offensive line. I'm not debating that. But even when they were healthy, they couldn't run the ball. They was going down, what, 41 to 14, trailing by more than 17 points a game, man. Even last night, the final score was, what, 38 to 10? Like, what are we talking about, man? Forget forget putting the blame on the coaching staff. The players need to look themselves in the mirror at this point, bro. And this is how I know it's the players. Xavier Woods, what, two weeks ago just stated that, oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to give effort every single play. Huh? What are you talking about? And this is the guy who was on your back end, your starting safety, your last defender on defense. Talking about not giving 100% effort. What are we talking about, man? 
And when it was down with 31 to 10, and then Kenyon Drake run a uh, inside zone, bounce it out, hit his head on the goalpost post for 70 yards. I can see the effort. There's no effort. Man, the Cowboys are in trouble, man. We need to stop putting so much blame on it on the coaching staff. Now, granted, their defense is horrible. They have a lot of holes. Mike McCarthy, he's one of them guys that you know. Uh, you get out the shed, a tool out the shed, you clean it up, but it still don't work. He's rusty, he's old, he's outdated. He had to sit out of your football, and he's still making the same play calls that he made in Green Bay. What are you talking about? Oh, man, I, was, I, I went back in the lab. I'm not seeing no lab, bro. Terrible. The Cowboys are terrible, bro. What Two and four and they're winning the division. That just speaks on the NFC East as a whole, man. The Cowboys, oh, my God, bro. <laughs> the Cowboys are so bad, man. They could easily be 0-6, man. They was down 17 against the Giants. They should have lost that game. And even against the Falcons, like, what are we talking about? Cowboys should be 0-6 right now. Ezekiel Elliott, I need more out of you, bro. I need you to hang on to the football, man. Keep feeding CeeDee Lamb, though. He's doing excellent on my fantasy team. Great draft pick by me. I just need you guys to continue to keep feeding him. He's averaging over 15 points a game. But since we're talking about fantasy football, let me go ahead and read to you all my lineup like what my final lineup will look like when everybody's healthy off of a bye and everything. Quarterback Jared Goff, yeah, he's average. Alvin Kamara at running back. Jonathan Taylor at running back. Keenan Allen at receiver. CeeDee Lamb at receiver. Travis Kelsey. James Conner. The Chargers defense. And then Justin Tucker. Um, I believe that I am going to win this $300 uh, cash prize at the end, so I'm looking forward to the cash prize and, and the playoffs already. I'm going to switch gears for a little minute <clears throat> because there was some breaking news earlier t- earlier this morning about Tua Tugavaloa getting the start for the Miami Dolphins moving forward. Now, the, the Dolphins currently are sitting at 500, 3-3, three and, three, and Fitzpatrick has actually been balling. I... It kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought that they would at least let Fitzpatrick, you know, continue to ride the hot hand. I believe that the Dolphins would at least put in Tua, maybe if they were 3-6, and 3-5. and five. But I guess that since they're 500, I guess you could put Tua in and get his feet wet. See what you got in him as a quarterback. And he could possibly lead the charge into the playoffs. And everybody was talking about how Brian Flores was making all of these trades, picking up all these pieces and blowing up the team. But the Dolphins, they are playing really good football out there, man. Brian, you know, it's it's two coaches that's up under the Bill Bel- up under the Bill Belichick umbrella that has their team playing excellent football right now. It's Mike Vrabel and it's Brian Flores. <laughs> now Bill Bill O'Brien, you know, he didn't do he won a division a couple times, but you know, the last couple years has been real. Yeah. But Brian Flores and Mike Vrabel, oh, yeah, they the ones. They they have their team ready to play in and out every week. The Dolphins are a smash-mouth football team. They can play lights out on defense. So this is why I kind of like the move to start Tua because, one, they're 500, 3-3. Three three. They have a bye this week. But then they turn around in week eight and they play 
the best defensive player in football on Aaron Donald. So, man, I, I'm a little nervous, but I believe that he'll be more than prepared. You know, he has Fitzpatrick, who has been guiding him throughout this first six weeks of the NFL season. And I believe Tua can have instant success, especially with the receivers that he's got, the tight end that he has. Now, you know, they play Aaron Donald and everything, so I think that they have to take a page out of the 49ers game plan and how they really isolated um, Aaron Donald, getting him a lot of eye candy, a lot of motion, a lot of jet motions, running across his face, misdirection, having the fullback, fullback trap him a couple times. I think that's the way that you can, you know, neutralize Aaron Donald, especially in this game, especially in Tua having his first game. So I like the move, though. But I'm about to go ahead and switch gears. I want to go ahead and give you my power rankings for this week. Last week, I didn't give you my power rankings. But let me go ahead and I put it on Instagram and everything. But I got like a uh, <laughs> a little trifold right now. So I'm getting prepared. Like I said earlier, I'm getting prepared for the visual effects. So I can go ahead and read you my top 10 teams of last week's going into last week's week six. So at number 10, I had the Steelers. Um, I just, I'm going to get more into them on, on this week's. But at number 10, I had the Steelers. Number nine, I had the Rams. Number eight, I had the, the Cleveland Browns. Number seven, I had the Buffalo Bills. Number six, I had the New England Patriots. Number five, I had the Baltimore Ravens. Number four, I had the Tennessee Titans. Number three, I had the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, I had the Seattle Seahawks. And number one, to cap off last week's top ten, I had the Green Bay Packers. Now, heading into week seven, obviously, you know, my my hierarchy, Josh's proximity hierarchy, it changes every week. So, this week, I'm going to read you my top ten. Number ten, I got the Rams. They had a tough loss Sunday night football against the 49ers. Their offense it still looks very pedestrian. They got to get their running game going. I, I would like to see them stop relying so much on play action and really let Jared Goff sling it, man, like he did against the, the Chiefs in that Monday night football game when it was exciting and fun, man. I don't I don't like this, this play action that I'm seeing, man. Yes, he, he throws better on the run, but I feel like the Rams, they need a little more on the offensive side. Number nine, I got the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, they just lost two straight. They lost they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs last night. Um, Monday evening game, I guess you could say it was rainy up there. It was a real physical football game. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of them, but it's still, it's still something missing. Maybe they need another number two to go along with Stephon Diggs. But, yeah, I got the Bills at number nine. Number eight? I got the Chicago Bears. Say whatever you want to say about them. They're 5-1. and one. The record speaks for themselves, man. I mean, I cannot unsee what I saw against the Tampa Bay Bucks and how they dominated Tom Brady, how they dominated that front seven. Um, they couldn't move the, off, the ball on offense that much, but the way that their defense dominated the Bucks' offense – I cannot unsee that. So I got the Bears at number eight, number seven. I had the Baltimore Ravens. Now the Ravens are a one-loss team, just like the the Chicago Bears. But their offense, 
if they can't run for over 170 maybe if they can't if they can't run over to have over 150 rushing they're going to struggle so the Ravens, man, they need another deep threat for Lamar Jackson. I think Hollywood Brown, he's a he's a great receiver, but man, they they got to do something to where Lamar it feels comfortable throwing to somebody else other than his tight ends. Um, I got the Ravens at number seven, number six. I got the Green Bay Packers. Now, <laughs> this is the biggest drop. They was number one last week, and they dropped all the way down to the number six. Green Bay. Flat out got their ass kicked. Let's just call it for what it is. 38-10. They went down to Tampa Bay. They laid an egg. Aaron Rodgers, they was up 10-0. He threw a pick six. And they didn't look the same since. They didn't look like they wanted to be out there. It looked like they lost their fight. And I really didn't like what I saw. Like, look, they quit. They was pulling at them. Uh, Dallas. Come on, Green Bay. Y'all was just number one last week. Their front seven... They were getting abused on both sides of the football up front, offensive side and defensive side. Ronald Jones was running whenever he wanted to. Ndamukong Sue was making hits on Aaron Rodgers whenever he wanted to. Packers really struggled, so I dropped them down to number six. Number five, I got Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay could possibly move up higher, but the, the four teams that's ahead of them, they have a better record than them, so – I think that that has a little weight to it. I think that the Bucks, they're number five. I love what their defense is phenomenal. They might have the best defense in the National Football League. Todd Bowles, he can easily get a head coaching job again. I don't know what he puts in his defense, but he he is a a, a defensive guru. He's up there with the Bill Belichick's. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about as far as career longevity. I'm talking about as far as a defensive game plan comes. Ty Bowles, the Bucks, Bruce Arians, they played a flawless game against the Packers. I got the number five. Number four. <laughs> now, number four, I have been disrespecting them all year. I'm not going to lie to you. I looked at their, their first four games, and I said, well, they didn't play nobody. And then I looked at this past Sunday, and the way that they manhandled the Cleveland Browns, they have to be in the top five easily. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers at number four, man. I think that they they are legit on defense. They can play any type of defense that you want. That trade for Minka Fitzpatrick is holding so much weight, it's ridiculous. The Steelers look phenomenal. You know, I talked a lot of trash about Big Ben, and I felt like he didn't have the arm strength. I felt like he was washed, to be honest with you. But, I mean, he's making some plays, getting the ball in his playmaker's hands. Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. Big Ben has them boys playing good. James Conner, how could I forget about him? He's on my fantasy team, duh. So I got the Steelers number four. Number three is going to be the Tennessee Titans. Now, when you look at the Titans as a whole, they play good on both sides of the football. They can run the football 50 times if they need to with Derrick Henry. Nobody is stopping him. The way that he stiff-armed Josh Josh Norman uh, two weeks ago was ridiculous. He's putting on a running clinic, 200 rushing yards. He looks like he's going to have another rushing title. If you ask me, he's underpaid. The Titans, Ryan Tannehill, 
It's looking like a baller. I don't know where the hell this was at in Miami. This is why they drafted you out of Texas A&M. Good God, man. Where has this been? Um, A.J. Brown, he's phenomenal. He reminds me of an Andre Johnson. Big physical receiver. Can catch, can run by you. Great route running. I love what I'm seeing out of Tennessee. They're, they're undefeated just like the Steelers, so I got them at number three. Number two is going to be Kansas City. Now, I, I was kind of teeter-tottering between them and my other number one team, but their ability to still push the ball down the field, they just picked up Le'Veon Bell. They just beat the Bills. Yeah, they lost to the Raiders, but it's still Kansas City, man. They can still make all the plays. Their defense just needs to come on board, and I believe that the Chiefs can easily stay at number one for the entire season. But my number one heading into week seven is the Seattle Seahawks. Now, they didn't play last week because of a bye week, but right now, like I I have stated over and over again, Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind. He's playing like the MVP. He's playing like the best quarterback in football. Not even just the best quarterback. He's playing like the best football player and announcing the football league this year. So they're 5 and 0. They're undefeated. DK Metcalf is a freak. Now I would love to see them get Jamal Adams back on defense, but I still have them at number 1. Just just off of Russell Wilson alone and the fact that they're undefeated. I got the Seahawks number 1. So let me go ahead and repeat my my power rankings for this week. Rams is 10, number 9 is the Buffalo Bills. Number eight is the Chicago Bears. Number seven, Baltimore Ravens. Number six is Green Bay. Number five is the Tampa Bay Bucks. Number four is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number three, the Tennessee Titans. Two, Kansas City Chiefs. And number one, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, to close off episode 22 of Josh's Proximity, I'm going to give you a couple of my predictions you know, just in, heading into this NFL week and even the World Series. Right now in the World Series, it's the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. I got the Dodgers winning in six, man. I got the Dodgers winning in six. I'm not about to sit up here and say that I watch baseball every day because I don't. That would be lying to you. I just believe that they have a good core. You know, they got Mookie Betts. They got Cody Bellinger, Clayton Kershaw. I believe he just broke Kurt Schilling's all-time playoff record for like strikeouts. So I like the I like the Dodgers winning this series in six. But let's go ahead and get into the cream of the crops. Week seven NFL picks. Starting off the first game is gonna be the Giants versus the Eagles. I'm going the Eagles, man. The Giants, they still got a lot of holes. Now granted the Eagles are, are broken up across the board. Tight end, receivers, linemen, DBs. D-line, linebackers, they're broken up, but I, I believe the Eagles are just the better team. Panthers versus the Saints. I got the Saints winning big. McCaffrey said that he's not going to be able to return against the New Orleans Saints. So I believe, you know, the Saints getting it back. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, they're both coming off a of buys. They're going to dominate the Panthers. Bills versus the Jets. <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that question, man. The Jets might not win a game this year. Um, Browns versus the Bengals. I got the Bengals, man. I I really believe that Baker Mayfield, man, he might be a bust. You know, after his rookie year, he has been turning the ball over at an alarming rate. And if I'm OBJ, if y'all lose against the Bengals, I would demand a trade. 
and it's not even close, man. I got the Bengals over the Browns. Cowboys versus the Washington football team. <sighs> they both stink, man. I believe the Cowboys are going to win just because they have more playmakers. And they should win. If they lose, Mike McCarthy might be he might be on the hot seat off gate. Packers versus Texans. I just believe that the Texans have too many loopholes. I got the Packers winning, especially after that demolition against the Bucks. I got the Packers winning big. Lions versus the Falcons. Now the Falcons, they got rid of Dan Quinn and they came up came out and put up 40 points against the Minnesota Vikings. I got the Falcons winning. Steelers versus the Titans. This is going to be the game of the week. If I close my eyes right now, I would say I believe the Steelers are going to win this football game because I believe that they can generate more pressure on the quarterback. And I think that they're going to have uh, Ryan Tannehill off of his spot. And it's going to make him really, really, really uncomfortable. So I got the Steelers in that game. Seahawks versus the Cardinals. I got the Seahawks winning. You know, the Cardinals, yeah, they blew out the Cowboys, but that's not really saying much, Um, especially the Seahawks coming off a bye. Chiefs versus Broncos. The Broncos beat the Patriots last week, but I got the Chiefs. Come on, man. Travis Kelsey, my homeboy, Tyreek Hill, and they get Le'Veon Bell this week. I can't wait to watch that offense in action. Jags versus the Chargers. The Chargers are coming off of a bye. Hopefully, Keenan Allen is healthy. I got the Chargers winning big against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 49ers versus the Patriots. I believe that this is going to be a real close game. It's a four, it's an afternoon, uh, evening game, 425 at New England. I believe Cam's got to pull this off. I believe that Cam Newton has to come back and make the NFL realize that he is here and he's here to stay. So I got the Patriots winning. The Bucks versus the Raiders. Now, I don't believe that the Raiders are going to get what they got out of Drew Brees in a Allegiant Stadium. I believe that the Bucs are going to come in there. They're going to dominate on all, fast, all facets of the game. I got the Bucs winning. And to cap it off, the Bears versus the Rams. The last time that they played, the Bears won. They dominated. And Khalil Mack, you know, it was a, a battle between Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. And Khalil Mack won. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to go Rams, man. I got the Rams beating the Bears. So what are we at right now? Oh, we at 22 minutes. 22 minutes on episode 22. Let me go ahead and shut it off right now. Yeah, it's getting pretty late. It's about 11 o'clock right now. So, <laughs> hey, I'm going to catch y'all later. Johnson Sparks, send me episode 22. Thank you.